five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And uh, I've been, I've been trying to, um, I've been trying to do a couple of shows, that couple of articles that have been really good, um, and just haven't gotten to them. So. Uh, now we'll try to get to them and see if we can, right? That sounds good. Okay, so here we go. Let's get over to the stuff. Uh, this one's called Lessons You Can Learn from Direct Mail Sales. And I think what's interesting to me about this is that it has almost nothing to do with direct mail. But because people are seeing direct mail coming up as a as a search term as a use term um, they're using it in their headlines to try to get more readership clickbait if you will and it got me um, and so here you go this is from radioinc.com no idea what that is I guess it's maybe a blog or something by Tom Bloomer I should probably connect with Tom Anyway, Tom says the road to success is always under construction. I think that's always that's probably true. You're always pivoting, right? And 30 years in advertising sales taught him a lot. The first one was the Life Magazine pitch. And the Life Magazine pitch is basically the same one as the brewery equipment pitch, if you've heard of that one. That one goes back a little further. Um, this auctioneer was selling off a brewery that that had gone under and basically his pitch was that these pieces of equipment w can make you rich beyond the dreams of avarice i've always liked that line beyond the dreams of avarice and if you google that you'll find the story of the brewery equipment i don't know if the buyer made that kind of money or not but the the bottom line was that it was better to pitch beyond the dreams of avarice than it was to pitch old used beer making. <laughs> does that make sense? Of course it does, right? So, um, you know, in the in the movie Tin Man, the, the salesperson, you know, it's set in the 50s, and it, it, the, you know, the idea would be that, uh, you know, you've, right now you've got a good before picture wouldn't you like an after picture of, of a house that's been newly remodeled and all of your all of your friends and relatives will be amazed at how your how how your house looks brand new now till they come in of course um, and so cover of life magazine and get you dreaming and all that sort of thing um, and I got to platinum uh, in Amway so we did a lot of this a lot of pictures of yachts and airplanes and the things you could have if it all worked out. Um, the trick is in point two, and I think this is really valuable. Point two is that um, you got to watch out for selling dreams bigger than the um, capability of your audience. Okay, let's just say capability. That's a fair term. And so, um, you know, people get upset. <laughs> Because the, the the big dreams don't always work out, they're more upset the more you've dream you've got them dreaming if they really can't afford to do what you've got done and lose the house or something like that. So, 
Um, this guy says, and here's your direct mail part. In direct mail, I could create much more excitement if I only showed beautiful full-page ads to my prospects in ad sales, right? Okay? Now, I don't know how he's got direct mail and full-page ads connected here because that doesn't seem right to me. But maybe he means like a beautiful mailer or something. But they couldn't afford a full page, so then they were no longer excited about a half page. Right? So you got to tailor it to what they're looking for and what their needs are. And I think that's always true. But you can't always know what their needs are, and you can't always know what their resources are. Which is why we target some, we see what happens, and then we target some more. When we were doing Hudson's Bay Company, you know, the oldest continuously operating corporation in the world, I think, from 1570 or something. I used to go up to Toronto at the in the in the in the main store downtown and it's the closest thing we probably have to Harrods in London in North America at least the closest I've ever seen wonderful menagerie of stuff in the Hudson Bay store and um, they actually gave me the three volume history of the Hudson Bay company which I did read and another more more of a coffee table illustrated book but it's still a couple hundred pages so I probably read a you know, 1,500 pages worth of the history of Hudson's Bay, which is probably the history of Canada. I mean, it almost is. Um, since they were there, you know, 70 years before the Pilgrims landed, if you think about that, right, they didn't do much with it. They mostly sat on the shore of the Hudson's Bay and got the Indians to come and trade their, trade their beaver skins for blankets. But, you know, everybody kind of benefited. It worked out. Anyway... But um, when, this was our very first start at modeling, and we didn't understand circularity. We didn't understand how time plays a role. We learned a lot, <laughs> let's just say. But the Hudson Bay Company asked us for a model, a model for their customers. They wanted a model, and that's the way modeling was done in those days, uh, in the early 90s um, or mid-90s. And uh, when, you, when you told people there might be a reason to have multiple models, they looked at you funny. And so we built a system that built models rather than a model. Um, and that took us a long way, and I think we're still a little bit ahead of the industry, I have to say. But what happened was, one of the things that happened was, I said, you need a model for travel, you need a model for um, insurance. They sold life insurance, they sold, um, I think they sold home insurance. I mean, they sold a lot of insurance. It was all affiliated stuff, it wasn't their stuff. Uh, and then they also drove traffic to the stores. Those were the three main areas, but... Um, they had a credit card. Uh, well, everybody had their credit card. 50% of Canada had the Hudson's Bay card. So when we started modeling, oh, we were so excited because what we saw was for the travel, we saw that people who had a $3,000 credit limit or above bought the travel. You could almost just, you know, look for anybody with a $3,000 limit and offer them the travel because it just correlated almost 100%. And we were so excited. And they said, yeah, that's a really good spot, a really good observation. But here's what really happens. Here's the real world for you. The real world is that we promote travel. We stuff it in our billing statements. And if somebody wants to go on a trip, well, the trips are fairly expensive. Um, they call up and they say, I'd really like to go on this trip, but I only have a $1,500 credit limit. And we say, customer service says, 
Oh, that's okay. We'll raise your credit limit to three thousand dollars so you can buy the buy the t- buy the tour. So it was totally circular. The causal the causal relationship was not that people with three thousand or above bought travel, but it was that people who bought travel were guaranteed a three thousand dollar or above credit limit. So it was like a hundred percent. And that's the trouble the trouble with all of this. You can't always know which is wagging the dog and which is the dog wagging the tail. I got that messed up, didn't I? And I did it on purpose, of course. It was deliberate because I wanted you to think about causal relationships. Let's go on. (laughs) Okay. This is an excellent article. No, it isn't. It's not that good an article, but it's an excellent point. Okay. By Heidi Tolliver Walker. Okay. And direct mail retargeting is starting to go mainstream. I'm loving these you know, every article, everything I, I hear now, like that last one, is that direct mail is mainstream and you you better get on the ball because it's not going away and you better find someone who knows how to do it because 9 out of 10 of the articles I read are complete nonsense about an average response rate or an average return on investment or this or that or an average audience or a personalization is everything or add it to your mix. Mm, none of those things are any good. Are, there's, they're not the best advice. Okay? Uh, I commented on, on, a, on a, uh, a Gartner study of what direct mail pair, was paired with. It was 73% was email. And uh, I got uh, Mackenzie, who was on here yesterday. Um, is anybody on here today? I haven't gotten any comments. I don't know if this comment thing is working today. I see something from Keith. But I didn't see it pop up in my in my comment reader. Okay, did I do the coffee? Yeah, you missed the coffee. I'll take a nice sip. Mackenzie asked me about adding direct mail to digital or adding digital to direct mail, and I wrote a long answer, probably longer than she wanted, and so maybe we'll dig up that article. But the bottom line on my answer was that most of the people talking about the connection between digital and mail have no clue on attribution. And if they stop the digital, because most of my work has been where I I optimized mail. And then, and the digital all went on because the digital was what everybody thought was doing all the work. And if you're not really on top of attribution, you know, your customer might visit your website, might have visited your website six months ago, might have visited it 10 minutes ago, might have got the mailing, the mailing triggered 100% that visit, but they visited, let's say, okay, maybe then they come in the store, okay, and uh, if you, if you, now they buy, okay, so you've got a touch from mail, a touch from the website, and a touch from the store, who gets credit? I don't know. Would they have bought if they hadn't visited the store? Not sure. Would they have bought if they hadn't visited the website and found out it was a nice website? I don't know. Can't tell you. Would they have done anything if they hadn't gotten the mailing piece? Hard to say, isn't it? And so anybody who thinks that they can come up with some algorithm that's going to multiply the weights of the variables and give you an answer. Oh, it'll give you an answer, all right. What answer would you like? You know, and most of the time they want a digital answer. Oh, 
you know, all of all of the people we mailed that bought went to the website. So it's the website. Yeah, that's a little bit like that. Uh, a little bit like that three thousand dollars with the Hudson Bay. It doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily have the causal force. So how do you figure it out? Well, here's how. I mean, here's a simple way. It's a simple way with mail. It's not simple with anything else. You can't just close the store down and see if sales go down. And don't be surprised if they do, right? I mean, they will, right? We 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 had a client that thought that they could do. They had you know about 100 stores, and they thought that they could do no more stores and just do digital everywhere in the country. And but people wanted to see the stuff they sold because it was you know their own line of merchandise. And we did a, a a mapping project. I do those too. And we found that something like 85, 90% of their sales came within five miles of the store. I mean, it was just like right around the store, <laughs> even in a big metro area. You know, it just wasn't far. And uh, except in, except they had a store in the Mall of America, and, and we had significant sales in South Dakota. <laughs> hey, Michelle, how are you doing? Good to see you again. And we had significant sales in Minnesota. And, uh, I mean, in Mankato, uh, not Mankato, yeah, we, Mankato too. But um, in South Dakota, what they do up there is they get on a bus with a bar and a bathroom, and they drive to the Mall of America as an excursion. <laughs> and they buy stuff, and then they get back on the bus and the bar and <laughs> go home. You know, make a day of it. Anyway, uh, I think it's about an eight-hour drive each way. So, you know, we had some big sales up there. But in general, we only got the sales around the store. So it's very difficult. You can't just close the store. And you can't just stop the digital. You're not going to just stop your website and see if sales are affected. Of course, the sales are affected. But you can stop mail. And you don't even have to stop it like stupid uh, Nordstrom's did or stupid J. Jill did or stupid Talbot's did or stupid Sears did or stupid countless mailers have done. They thought digital would do everything. They stopped. That's not how you test, idiots. The way you test, sorry, I'm in ranting here mode. The way you test is you don't mail a few of them. Let's say 10%. We did this over and over with Musician's Friend because they were owned by Guitar Center, who's a retailer. And Guitar Center was owned by a venture company in Dubai or something. And so none of them believed in mail except the guys at Musician's Friend. And, and we did six tests, and they were you know, tens of thousands each time. And uh, over six years, and every time the mail had a huge return on investment, that the customers that didn't get a piece of mail compared to the customers that did were 300% return on investment at least. And I'm talking EBITDA-type return on investment. If you don't know what that is, go ask your chief financial officer. Say, is that some kind of horse doover EBITDA? Yeah, he'll laugh, and you'll probably get fired. Don't go do that. This is not financial advice. Okay, so so this article is about retargeting with mail, and we had incredible results, uh, and it wasn't my idea. It was Brian DeLate at LS Direct, and I think this, I don't know. Brian, if you're out there, I'll, I'll connect with you. LS Inc. was this one, but it has a, a product called Boomerang Direct. I think that might be the same company. Maybe they changed it from LS Direct to LS Inc., 
anyway it's retargeting it's retargeting with mail and it's really it really worked great for this retailer because first we we tested the catalog and we found a three to nine hundred return on investment depending on how you counted it and both were legitimate so because pass along got them another triple in in uh, which almost no one talks about pass along it's because they're so careful to only mail one piece per household per ever and uh, that's a big mistake your customers are your best advocates if you give them a little literature to hand out anyway so um, Patrick the VP of marketing said why would we mail a catalog to our customers who understand what we sell when we when our biggest problem according to the market research is no one knows who we are we should be doing lots of brand advertising out in the mass media and I said well that may be right Patrick but let's test it he said you can test it I said yeah remember the 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 MBA um, CMOs you're talking to never took not only never took a course in mail or probably in testing but they never even heard it mentioned in their graduate graduate school or probably in the company they went to work for so I said sure what we do is just hold out a few of them and see how they do compared to the ones we don't you know I know that you have a hard goods product so it's not much there's not much continuing on purchasing but let's see how it comes out let's look at the numbers okay that sounds like a good idea and it kept me from being fired right on the spot so anyway we found this huge return on investment so then I said you know you're doing so well we should be testing the offers and things we should be doing more mail not less and so we started doing more mail and we started testing what drove traffic and out of four headlines and benefits that we tested one was way better than others the others were good but they just didn't drive action and you can't always predict that and it was really wonderful and so when we got that we got so much ROI on that that we then I then said you know you can make money prospecting you could be mailing people um, just mailing people with a similar geodemographic and a similar kind of neighborhood so we did that and that did drive traffic and it did work but then Brian DeLate from LS Direct which may or may not be the same as mentioned in here says said to them you know you're already doing TV commercials you're already driving traffic to your web you got lots of web traffic why not now that you know what to say from the mail testing send that to people who visited the store <sighs> bonus you're already spending most of that money to get people to go to the, the website mass media with a good benefit to the website mail retargeting amazing it worked amazing and it took them uh, it took them to going public and growing like I'm trying to remember how much they grew I mean I know the numbers they grew 33 percent in one year uh, from like is that right from 75 million to 100 million in one year right it's public information so anyway uh, I'm a big fan of Brian and LS Direct, if LS Inc. is the same one, great, but if it's not, it's not. And they do a lot of work on the back end to figure out from web visitors who are basically anonymous, you know, this is without them registering or anything, uh, who did what. Oh, I forgot. I got <laughs> I should have this come up first. Oh, I sent you an email yesterday and, and about all you need is mail. We're having a little meetup. We're going to talk marketing. The style consultant assures me that it's going to be fun 
and it's not going to go more than an hour because I think our Zoom expires, so it'll just cut cut us off. So it's not going to take your whole day, but it will be fun. You'll get to meet some marketing people. We got a couple of big people already signed up. I don't know if I should mention anybody or not. Matthew, I'm going to mention Matthew Parker. Matthew Parker registered. He is a big celebrity here on LinkedIn and has great ideas on selling print. So if you're in the print business, you want to be there to say hi to Matthew. And I have to do this to him because it's past his bedtime in the UK and he's not sure he can... manage to stay up till nine o'clock to join us so it's a friday night you can sleep in all day saturday it's not gonna kill you on the other hand if you're in if you're in california like david uh, rosendahl are you coming david uh mckenzie you should be there and get david to come we'll have a riot we had a great time in, in on christmas we just had a lively conversation we talked marketing where can you do this you can't do it anywhere this is a pure marketing no big deal no 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 strain just come and enjoy yourself and if you're on the east coast you can probably bring a drink because it'll be almost five by then (laughs) and if you're in the uk you can yeah california will only be one in the afternoon that'd be like a two martini month (laughs) two martini lunch so Go to WDMA.org, and it's up in the upper corner, up in the upper, right up there. It says coming events, and just click on there and register so we know how many are coming. I don't know what we'll do if too many register. I think we only, you know, we had 10 for Christmas, and it was perfect. So, you know, get in there, and we'll boot everybody else out. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. I'm John McLosh. Bye-bye.